When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know those pesky faults that we have? It's very hard to really face our faults and accept them and do something about them. But it's actually essential for brain health. Keeping a fault inside of us that we know we should be changing is actually going to create this very entangled, damaging kind of neuroplastic effect that increases inflammation, damages brain health, and therefore by extension is going to damage mind, brain, body, health, and how we show up. Well, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and I'm your host, and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. And today I'm going to give you four tips or four ways that to help you to deal with your faults, to own them and to deal with them. But just before we begin, I want to just tell you that we've got a fantastic brain detox challenge happening at the moment, a mind brain detox challenge happening at the moment, where you can join and you can learn how to manage your mind as a group. So we're going through a 63-day process. doesn't matter if you join late. There's a special discount. If you go to the link in the show notes, you'll see that there's a special discount for the web version of my NeuroCycle app. So what everyone's doing is they're going through the actual NeuroCycle app, going through the challenge, and then I have a inside the app, we have now got a webinar. And in the webinar, every week, I basically walk you through some points to help you through the detox challenge. So something that I'm going through, something to help you with whatever it is that you are challenging yourself to work on, whether it's breaking down a habit or building up a new one or dealing with something like a trauma from the past, whatever you are working on over these first 63 days of this year to try and get you into the place where you want to be for the rest of the year. And this is just the beginning because once you've done one cycle, you're going to carry on. So jump on and join me. The link and details are in the show notes, and I'm really looking forward to having you join the, the, the challenge. And also, I have a Brainy Detox Bundle that's on special. This is my latest book on how to help your child deal with their mental health, how to process things, how to understand what they're going through. So vital to be able to understand and express and process what they're going through. So this is a coloring book with Color with Brainy and Friends, the actual book. And then the little character that I created, that's a cartoon throughout the book. We've made a little toy, which is a wonderful way of helping a child to be able to express himself. But if they can't, don't find the words, they've got the toy to be able to enact or dramatize or visualize. It becomes a, a, a connection point for you to help a child to be able to understand, give them the mental skills, I should say, to understand what they're going through. Okay, so let's dive in. As hard as it is to recognize our own faults, it is a phenomenally powerful way of building strong mind management skills that would enable us to be so self-aware that we can regulate the way that we show up in the world and increase kindness and gentleness towards ourselves and others. That's a mouthful. This is so needed in a strife-filled world. So it's hard to recognize our faults. But in doing so, we actually change how we interact with others. We become so much more compassionate towards ourselves and towards others. We move away from being really threatened by others through thinking, oh, they've got something I need or want. And you become so much more understanding of others and recognizing that they've also got their faults 
and that we're also different and that we can enhance each other instead of compete with each other. So it shifts our mindset of how we actually look at others and view others and keeps us just in general more compassionate towards ourselves and towards others. So there's four tips that I'm going to give you that will help you deal with your faults. So the first thing is use self-compassion and not self-esteem when acknowledging our faults. So I'm going to read this from a study. So being kind, connected, and clear-sighted as a way of relating to ourselves, even in instances of failure, perceived inadequacy and imperfection. So when you use self-compassion, you are being kind and connected with yourself in a very clear-sighted way. You're seeing the truth, but you're being kind and you're connecting with yourself and in connecting with how you relate to others, even in instances of failure, perceived inadequacy and imperfection. So when you do fail, when you see an imperfection in yourself, when you see an inadequacy in yourself, and when you've done something that you wish you didn't do, by using self-compassion, you're going to get through that more effectively. So research demonstrates that self-compassion helps us face and learn from our, and grow, face, learn, and grow from our faults, as opposed to self-esteem, which, because because self-compassion involves a different way of looking at ourselves. Self-esteem involves evaluations and comparisons to others. So when we talk about self-esteem, we're going to compare ourselves to other others. We're going to evaluate ourselves against others. It's going to make us feel vulnerable. Whereas if we use self-compassion, we're not going to compare and self-evaluate. We're going to rather look deep. We're not evaluating in the sense of comparing. We are self we are going deep inside of ourselves and trying to face and learn from that and grow from those faults. So the one is very comparative and evaluative and kind of hard on ourselves. That's the self-esteem route, which research shows is not effective as self-compassion, which is when you kindly look at yourself and face those things, allowing yourself to be a mess. Like I say so often on this part, when you compare yourself to others and you evaluate yourself on the basis of comparing to others, it can be quite threatening. And sometimes quite scary. So self-esteem, where you're comparing and evaluating yourself to others, can tend to lead to more defensiveness. Because if someone points out your fault and you're working on self-esteem, when they point out your fault, you're comparing yourself to some something else or evaluating yourself and you're being harsh on yourself. So there's, you feel vulnerable. So there's an instinct to self-protect. And that can lead to, lead to defensiveness and maybe potentially an, a little argument or a bit of aggressiveness. And you don't learn from that. And that actually increases inflammation in the brain, which is not healthy. So, and you potentially miss the opportunity to learn. Staying hydrated is so important for our brain and body health. But remembering to drink enough water during the day can be a challenge. Indeed, I'm always looking for ways to make drinking more water easier. So I don't even have to think about it. I also want to make sure the water I am drinking is truly good for my brain and body. According to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in its tap water. That's why you've got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS in your water supply. PFASs are found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water and I'm grateful that AquaTrue is certified to remove these contaminants and they have water purifiers to fit every type of home. 
from insulation-free countertop purifiers to high-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi connected purifier and mineral boost options. Best of all, the water tastes fantastic and you don't have to worry about PFAS's or any other harmful contaminant. It's even portable, making it perfect for renters or college dorms. In addition to drinking water, you can use it for your coffee, tea and all your cooking needs from boiling pasta to veggies to making stocks and soups. I was always hesitant about drinking tap water, but I don't worry about that anymore. I know my tap water is not just filtered with AquaTrue, it's purified. Even my two dogs can tell the difference, they only drink AquaTrue water. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter the code DrLeaf at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code DrLeaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. So let me give you an example from my own life of using self-compassion versus self-esteem. Okay, so when something in, in my life, when something happens that throws me, I can very quickly, and I've had to train myself out of this, get into, see the negatives like really fast and a lot and go down a rabbit hole of, of really building like one negative scenario after another. And my husband, Mac, pointed out to me, and my kids have even pointed this out to me, and I've, as I say, I've got so much better at this, but even now that then, then I fall back into this pattern. But they've pointed out to me that when you do that, it's like I'm only seeing the negative. It's, it creates this dark cloud and this dark mood, and I can't seem to get through that. And it affects everyone, and it affects, and I feel drained and tired, and it makes everyone else feel drained and tired, and it's just so negative. And I'm not a negative person. That's what I thought. I mean, that's, but when something throws me off, I would go down these negative rabbit holes. And so my, my husband would point out, my husband Mac or my kids or someone would point out and say that, hey, are you seeing the negative? You're being negative. You're being a negative person. And I would go into self-defense initially because my self-esteem had been challenged and I'm not evaluating myself in comparison to others. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I must defend. I must protect myself. So I'd be self-defensive and say, no, I'm looking at all the different things that could go wrong. And I need to say all these things. And then my husband pointed out very gently and said, you know what? You are seeing that, but you're only going down. You kind of like stuck on just negative, 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 negative. And it's making you even more and more kind of almost aggressively defensive. So see the negative and, and see, but, but then also see you've got to take it to the point where those could be the things that could go wrong. But what are the possibilities of things that could go right? Or how could those things get right? Or how could you improve on those? In other words, not just see the negative and get stuck on seeing the negative, but see the negative and balance that out with something that positive that could happen. Or is that negative necessarily going to go in that negative direction? Maybe that negative could go in a slightly more positive direction. So to look at it and to kind of lift it out of that negative hole and see what are the not just negative probabilities, but what are the potential negative probabilities that could become hopeful possibilities? And once I could l- listen and hear what my husband was saying and see that, okay, it is a fault going down this negative rabbit hole and getting stuck there. I need to be able to learn to catch the negative at a certain point, once I've said a few, and catch when I'm actually getting worse and worse. And so I think, okay, well, that could go wrong, but what could also go right? And how can I turn this into a possibility? And there I was immediately going into using 
self-compassion. It's okay. You made a mistake. You, it is a fault, but it's not the end of the world. You're not a bad person because you start seeing everything in a negative way. You don't have to. It doesn't mean that this is how you have to stay. You can change it. So I hope that's making the points. <laughs> By giving myself self-compassion, I actually could learn and grow. And now it's very easy to shift into the, the proper mode if something happens and I start getting negative. My husband just will point out or my kids will just point out and say, hey, you're getting a bit negative. And I can catch myself without feeling self-defensive and getting self-defensive and I can start going into seeing more positive things. So bringing in self-compassion helped to shift that. Staying in self-esteem kept me in defensiveness. The second thing that will help with learning from our faults and facing them and, and fixing them is when we face our faults, practice self-acceptance. And that's really an excellent way of not running, your, running yourself down, getting into a totally negative state. So this goes along with self-compassion. If you've got self-compassion, it will naturally lead into self-acceptance. Self-compassion says it's okay to be a mess. I'm going to learn from it like I described. Self-acceptance says it's okay. This is who you, this is what you've done. It's not who you are. It's you've gone into this mode of whatever it is, this, this fault in your life. It's not who you are. It's what you've become because of something. So accept that this, there's this fault. Accept that you're okay and accept that you can learn from this fault. It's not the end of the world that you have this fault. It's going to be problematic if you keep the fault and keep trying to defend yourself every time you jump into that fault because you feel threatened. But if you accept that it's okay to be a mess, you can then do something about it. So research shows that when you practice self-acceptance, when you practice what I say so often, it's okay to be a mess, that then is the first step in helping you to progress forward and not get stuck. So it helps to reduce a person's probability of engaging in damaging behaviors like negative self-talk. So from the self-compassion will follow self-acceptance. And self-acceptance working with self-compassion, which was the first way of dealing with our faults, will then help us recognize the negative self-talk that's, that says, I'm always doing this, I'm so useless, I'm bad, and creating toxic coping mechanisms, which generally can be self-defensiveness. So you can you be self-defending and getting kind of angry, but it's more, and it's externalizing how you're feeling towards yourself. And in your head, you're saying all these negative things, but it's coming out wrong in your communication with people. So self-acceptance says it's okay to feel defensive, because I am protecting myself and I can, but I can move forward from that. So it's okay. You feel self, you feel defensive because you feel vulnerable and you're trying to protect yourself, but you can't stay there. It's the fault you're going to move forward. But it's that self-compassion giving you permission to feel that messiness of the self-defensiveness and as a fault or getting very negative about something which made you self-defensive when you were, the fault was pointed out to you. But then you actually move forward from that. So self-acceptance is telling ourselves that it's okay to have a fault and that this doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but what are you going to do about it? So self-compassion, self-acceptance. Third one, this sounds like a weird one. Be excited about finding the fault. Well, why should you feel excited? First of all, if you don't fix the fault, your self-esteem is going to be affected in a negative way. You're going to increase yourself. You're not going to be compassionate enough towards yourself. You're going to not have self-acceptance. You're going to increase that negative self-talk and the fault's just going to get bigger. It's not, it's going to get more entangled in your brain networks and in your body networks. And it's going to get more entangled in your behaviors and come out in how you show up. 
And that's going to also create that brain information I spoke about. So when you find a fault and someone or someone points out a fault to you, get excited because it means that you're untangling those networks. You can reduce that inflammation. You can practice self-compassion, which is so good for you. You can practice self-acceptance. And also everyone's got faults. You can remind yourself of that. You can stop that negative self-talk that makes you feel horrible about yourself. So you can be excited because this gives you a chance to change that damaging brain network and reduce the inflammation in the brain. Additionally, being excited, being excited, that the emotion of excitement will help to motivate you by releasing certain chemicals in your brain to help you do the work to make the changes. In other words, to, to change, to learn from that fault and to fix it. So I get excited to see hopeful possibilities, which gives me courage, for example. So I get excited that to know that when I don't get stuck in the negative and I can stop myself, I know that my brain information's decreasing, that entangled network's in, decreasing, and now I'm going to have more self-acceptance and I'm now going to be able to see things more clearly and I'm going to be able to see more, more hopeful possibilities. And as I find myself doing that fault less and less and less, I'm getting more courage to be able to not be negative the next time, to get out of it even quicker next time. But then that carries over into other areas of my life as well. So that's an example. One of my New Year's resolutions is to relax more. And I'm so happy that I found Apollo, a wearable that transforms how you feel through your sense of touch to give you more energy, a brighter mood, deeper relaxation and better flow. Apollo Wearable was developed by neuroscientists and physicians to bring balance to your nervous system for less stress, better sleep, more energy, relaxation and focus. It sends silent, soothing vibrations called Apollo Vibes that are like music you can feel. Just like music, higher vibrations help to improve your energy and focus, while lower vibrations reduce stress and help you relax. You can wear your Apollo on your ankle, like me, wrist or attached to your clothing. And use the Apollo Neuro app on your phone, Apple Watch or iPad to select or schedule vibes when and where you need more relaxation, energy focus or more. Apollo is different from other fitness and health wearables. It doesn't track your health biometrics. It actively improves your health by strengthening your nervous system. It has been tested by thousands in clinical and real-world trials. And across our research, Apollo wearable users experience up to 40% less stress and feelings of anxiety. On average, up to 19% more time in deep sleep, 11% increase in heart rate variability on average, and up to 25% more focus and concentration. If you want to say goodbye to stress in the new year, check out Apollo. To get $50 off your device, just go to apolloneuro.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. That's apolloneuro.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. And then the fourth one, have a coping mechanism in place for the impact that your faults have on others. So your faults will impact others and they may react negatively to you. They may snap at you or turn around and get mad at you or shout at you or get upset with you. And your natural instinct may be if you go into the self-esteem side and not the self-compassion, self-acceptance and excitement that I've just described, you, if you don't have a coping mechanism, you can fall back into the into the, the incorrect self-esteem and the without comp- self-compassion and without the self-acceptance and without the ex- being excited. And then that can keep you stuck in a place where you can then react negatively and then it can kind of create a, it could create a fight or a negative feeling between people or feeling like this is just never going to get fixed or it just damages the relationship and your sense of peace. And 
So they have a coping mechanism in place that when you feel, when you see someone getting upset with you, that you don't immediately react, that you do something. Like, for example, when I know something happens and I get negative and I see my husband getting frustrated or my kids getting frustrated with me because I'm going, saying all these negative things and they'll make a comment like, yeah, you're getting so negative again or you are whatever. Instead of me snapping back and saying, no, I'm not. I'm just looking at the problem. Instead of me getting defensive like that and speaking with that tone, I can remember self-compassion, self-acceptance, get excited, get rid of that inflammation. And I can have my coping mechanism say that my coping mechanism is taking that knowledge and creating a little statement. So what I do is I say the following. I have this little sentence. I've written it out here. It's okay to be a mess. And because I love Mac and my family, I'm going to be aware of how this disrupts his day and their day. And I'm working on changing it. So as I find myself wanting to react, I'll repeat that sort of sentence in my head. So something like, okay, to be a mess because I love Mac and, and my kids. I'm going to be aware of how this is disruptive to the discussion, the relationship, the business meeting, whatever, because we're a family business and I'm going to work on changing it. So I just breathe in, hold in for six, hold for six counts, breathe out for six counts. And while I'm doing that breathing, I'm just saying that to myself in my head. And that just is my coping mechanism to help me to then not do that negative thing, to pull back and to turn it into possibilities. Well, I hope this has helped you. Faults become part of our brain wiring if we don't do something about them. They're already there, but if you don't do something about them and you get self-defensive and all that kind of thing, if you don't give yourself self-compassion, if you don't give yourself self-acceptance, if you don't get excited about the fact that you can change these networks and reduce the inflammation, if you don't have some sort of coping mechanism in place for when you, when people, when the impact of your faults on other people boomerang back in your face, then the fault is, there's a chance that the fault will get bigger because you don't fix it. So whatever you don't fix is getting bigger and stronger and has more of a hold on you and it's going to have even bigger impacts down the line. So the sooner you catch it and fix it, the sooner you can change that brain inflammation and change those networks in your mind, brain, body connection. Well, I hope this has helped you and I hope that you'll share this with friends and family and like and subscribe and follow me. And if you Love to leave it if you'd leave a five star review and I look forward to seeing you next week where I can share more stuff to help you with your mind because our oh boy, do I need mind management? Do we all need mind management? We really do. And this is the podcast for teaching you mind management. See you next week. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline E. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests.
The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.